Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love. And I know that you will, too. It's six questions in nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. And so today we are joined with Brother David Price. Now, you guys don't know this. This is the second time he's been on the podcast, the first time. I deleted it, and so I'm excited to have him back on. Brother Price, thanks for carving out time, not once but twice, to be on here. I'm excited to have you back on. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, Thank you. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and kick it off with question one, and please go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your family and your field. Sounds great. Um, My name is Dave Price, and uh, my wife is Melissa, and I have two children, uh, Karis and Ian. And uh, we are serving in southwest France at the foot of the Pyrenees. Uh, So we have a great view when we wake up and go outside, look out on the mountains. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful creation around us, uh, but a dark uh, field in France where uh, the gospel needs to be uh, uh, shown brightly before these people in this lost field. For sure. How long have you guys been there again? Uh, we arrived here in uh, France, uh, in Sanguinez, where we're at, uh, in 2008. Uh, so we've been here since 2008, so 12 years now. Wow. Awesome. Well, praise the Lord, and I'm grateful for your faithfulness. Thanks for being there. So. Yeah. All right, with question number two, this can be field-specific or it can be general ministry, but um, what is the best part about, about being in missions for you and your family? <laughs> You know, one of the greatest things I've seen and experienced as a missionary um, is to be able to uh, share the gospel and see God working in the hearts and lives of people. And like a light coming on and God uh, drawing them to him uh, and they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's what's amazing to see is these same people who beforehand were, um, let's say, opposing uh, the gospel and uh, almost uh, violent toward any type of uh, outreach toward them. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit starts convicting them and draws them uh, to Christ. And it's just an amazing thing to see people going from hostile to the gospel to now being completely uh, uh given over to uh, the Lord and starting to serve him. That's an amazing transformation that the Lord uh, has worked in the lives of several of uh, the people of our church. Awesome. Yes, I love the way you put it, because it is so like the gospel to take hostile people and and make them uh, desirous of having the gospel. And not too many Amen. things that I know can do that. So thanks for that answer. Um, Amen. So question three, again, field-specific or general, but kind of the inverse, what's one of the more difficult aspects for you guys? That it would probably go hand-in-hand hand with this, uh, what I just said, uh, and with this previous question. It is the hostility toward the gospel um, that we face on a regular basis uh, as we reach out with the good news of salvation. France historically uh, has... Um, been a, let's say, a Christian uh, nation. But since the revolution, uh, when they beheaded the king, uh, they also uh, removed God from the throne uh, at the same time. 
and uh, it has turned from a acceptance of the existence of God, uh, and even though it's a false religion, even uh, in Catholicism, there was uh, these religious principles uh, uh, ingrained in society, where now um, it is a total and complete rejection, where we cannot even start with uh, God loves you, or, or this relationship uh, that God has or wants to have with you has been broken, uh, what can we do to uh, fix uh, uh, that problem to where we have to begin with, there is a God, uh, and uh, we have to start even before. And so it, it, it is a sad fact, and it has caused people to be hostile to uh, the gospel because they look at the gospel as being a crutch in life or even the source of uh, global conflict. Uh, what's happening in the Middle East, a lot of French people think it is a religious war. Um, even the situation right now that we're going through with uh, COVID-19, um, they're laying uh, the fault of that uh, at, to uh, at, at a church in uh, Mulhouse, Mulhouse uh, in France, where they're saying if they wouldn't have met, we wouldn't have had the outbreak here in France. So uh, there is just a um, tendency to turn against uh, uh, the true church and the gospel. But we knew that this would happen, right? The gospel, uh, Christ even told us uh, that that would happen. So it's not a surprise, but it is a very difficult challenge to overcome and to show them that we're not, um, uh, let's say, against them, but we want to show them the love of God. Yes. I appreciate you sharing that with us. I don't, I, I don't think many, many of us necessarily understand complete or open hostility to the gospel. And so yeah. uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us and giving us that insight into what you guys are dealing with there. So thank you. Um, all right, then with question four, who are some missionaries or who is a missionary? It can be, it's up to you, one or more, uh, that you would say need to be on this podcast to share their story. Um, I have a couple good friends that I have worked with. Uh, uh, through the years, and, and one is Brent George in Romania. Uh, he has got a great ministry uh, going there in Romania. He works primarily with uh, gypsy uh, culture uh, there in Romania uh, and uh, has uh, uh, an amazing work going. So uh, Brent George has been a good friend through the years. Uh, even though distance separates us, uh, we, we still keep in contact every now and then and uh, keep up with what's going on there. And also another one that I've really enjoyed working with uh, is Bob Mack down in Ivory Coast. Uh, he has started a great ministry uh, down there and started from scratch and built up a, a, a beautiful church and even uh, different uh, outreaches and other ministries also going at the same time. Awesome. I am excited to, I will actually be speaking with Brother Mac ne uh, next week. I do believe he's slotted in there. So I'm, I'm really excited to meet awesome. him. And uh, yes, Lord willing, we can get, what was the last name of the of the other gentleman? I'm sorry, Brother George? Brent, Brent George, yes. Okay. Oh, well, Lord willing, we can get him on. I think that would be awesome. We've never had anybody to Romania on the podcast. Uh, maybe uh, we can uh, uh, together. A great family, a great family. Both of them, both families are great. Well, thank you for those suggestions. All right, question five, the one that everybody is kind of waiting for. Um, go ahead and take three to five minutes and just tell us a story that you love about your time serving Christ. 
you know, when we first got here to France, uh, the church was just getting started. We were um, just a handful of us at the church, and we were looking at different ways to uh, reach out into our community with the gospel. And uh, we probably committed one of the biggest faux pas uh, that you know, we could commit uh, here in France, and we started doing door-to-door. Uh, don't ever let anyone tell you uh, uh, things don't work, um, because if the Lord tells you to do it, you better do it, because who knows? So we started doing door-to-door, uh, probably not the best thing to do here, specifically in France, but uh, we we were going through a little village here, uh, just across the river, and uh, going door-to-door, and uh, uh it was surprising. We got invited in uh, by a, a little lady, older lady, uh, and uh, she invited us in. We started drinking coffee, and uh, we started sharing the gospel. And right there at her table in her kitchen, uh, it was a, a house that's probably about 300 years old, stone house, dark, uh, one light bulb hanging uh, in the kitchen. Um, we, we come in. Uh, I, I'm with another man that was in the church at the time. We start sharing the gospel. And uh, she places her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And it was just, you, you know, in our mind, you don't expect that. The, the purpose of this was to go out and try to make initial contact, see if there's any uh, friendly people around so that way we can maybe start developing something with them. And so, but she comes and places her faith in Jesus Christ, and it was just amazing. So we, um, my wife and I, Melissa, we go and start picking her up for church and bringing her to church, and she starts coming to church for a good while, um, and then she calls and says, I can't come. And uh, what happened was that her brother, uh, and, or both of her brothers, uh, told her, if you continue to go to uh, that church, uh, you'll be kicked out of the house and you'll be on the street. And what happened was she was in a family home, and her brothers, again, were hostile to the gospel, to the, uh, to the church. And um, she was living in uh, the home that was uh, her family's. And if you don't uh, do what we say, you'll be out in the street. And so because of that situation, and it was quite difficult, she was single. Uh, she's never been married um, in her 70s. Uh, the best thing was for her just to stay home until we could figure out how best to deal with this. And several months uh, went by and we kept contact with her, prayed with her over the phone. And I meet uh, uh, a young man, uh, a young man, he was in his 20s at that point, uh, yeah, a young man. And I invite him to church and uh, he gets saved. And then, lo and behold, it is the nephew by marriage of this lady. Uh, but again, it's, it's, the, it's the extended family. It's not uh, her family. And so uh, he starts coming to church. He brings his wife, which is unsaved, uh, which is the niece by blood, by uh, family. She comes in and gets saved. Uh, and then she, uh, her uncle, which is the one who said, you can't go to that church or you will be out on the street. He comes and he gets saved. Wow. And now the whole family is in the church and uh, growing in the Lord. Uh, the young couple, uh, the niece and the nephew uh, have um, children now and they're growing up in the, ch- in the church. And uh, uh, it's just going from one knock on the door to uh, no, nothing at all, you can't come anymore, uh, to now a whole family that's integrated into the church. Um, just 
an amazing result uh, to see how God can work in the lives. And for me, when I look at that, it, it's also uh, an encouraging story because of the results. But I look at the middle part of the story where it was done and over with. You can't, you can't come anymore. And humanly speaking, you would say, well, okay, it's done. Well, we keep on going. Uh, we'll find somebody else. But God had other plans uh, in place. And he wanted not just the one, but the whole family uh, there at the church. So I praise the Lord for that. that it's just an, an extraordinary story, uh, how God can work in the hearts and lives of people through uh, means that we would say are not very effective uh, to uh, being able to have a whole family in the church. So, so and it's just an amazing and a great source of encouragement for us. Amen. It, it kind of makes my mind sort of go back to the, the woman at the well, you know, um, when Christ came and, and uh, the woman of Samaria. And it just is neat to see how even today Christ cares about the individual and then from an individual he can reach out to other people. How awesome to hear uh, that story. I'm excited to hear about a family that's, that's, that's now coming to church. So, and not just coming to church, but saved. So praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. One person can make a difference in the, in the family. That's for Indeed. Sure. Amen. So, well, so with that, now it's a little bit of time to tattletale on yourself. And do you have any uh, language or cultural blunders that you are willing to share with us? Um, let me come at this a little bit different than what uh, probably most of your missionaries uh, have uh, that have been on your show uh have uh, uh, done. Um, I, I, I was born here in France. I, I am American. You know, I have an American accent. So I have made cultural uh, faux pas, blunders. Uh, but I, it was uh, when we came to France and uh, we spent several years here and then we went back to the States, I, it, it's kind of a reverse culture shock. And I never expected this to happen because I spent, you know, uh, half I actually have spent over half my life here in France and half my life in the States, about half my life in the States. And um, when we went back for the first time after being here for the, our first term, I, I had a really weird experience. We had just flown in uh, to the States and uh, I needed to go to Walmart to pick up some stuff. Uh, at that point, uh, it was uh, you, know, you know, soap and no, no traveling with liquids and all that stuff. So, um, so I go to Walmart and I, I, I walk in and uh, the greeter uh, greets me and says, hello, welcome to Walmart. You know how that goes. And it, I get in and I start uh, looking around and I'm just completely overwhelmed. I can't, I, I, I can't function. Um, I'm looking and I'm completely lost. And it was the weirdest feeling I've ever had going from, I grew up in this situation and now, you know, you hear stories of foreigners coming over and just looking around and I can't believe this is like this. It was, it was that feeling that I just being almost uh, paralyzed by the bigness of everything. We live in a smaller city, but we have, you know, everything we need. I mean, we live in France. Come on. It's a first world country. Um, and it just getting there, and I couldn't function. So um, one of the workers there at Walmart uh, comes by and sees me and says hello. Probably thinking, well, oh, great, we got another crazy in here. <laughs> and so I grab her and I says, hey, I, can you take me uh, to 
this and this and this and this. I need this, this, this. And she took me to every single spot, got what I needed. I walked out and I got back to Melissa. I said, honey, you will never believe what happened. Uh, it was, it's never happened again. And uh, the, the other furlough that we were uh, back on, but probably because I prepared myself mentally for it again. But uh, I will never forget that experience coming back and just being overwhelmed at the bigness uh, of things and the availability of having three or four types of shampoo available to you. Uh, uh -huh. You have, you know, a whole row uh, of yeah. shampoo <laughs> available to you. So, yeah. So that, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, pray for your missionaries, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we got weird. We're, we're, we're odd people. <laughs> I was trying to explain to my daughter, my daughter is four. We came here right after she turned one. So, and she'll be five here in just a couple months, which is hard to believe. Um, so this is all she knows is Chook. And um, so believe it or not here in Chook, we have an Ace hardware and it's kind of the go-to, like it has everything, you know, like the, you, like it's the store on the island. You think, oh, we're going to Ace. But, um, you know, still relatively small compared to any other store, you know, in the States. And the other thing, she loves looking, she, like any other normal child, she loves looking at the toys. And there's all of, like, the toys are scattered between, like, a couple of small sections. So there's barely any. And the other day, I was telling her, I said, oh, in, in America, I said, there's one store called Walmart. And I said, <laughs> the toy aisle, I said, do you know the aisles that go from, uh, you know, where we keep all the mommy's kitchen stuff all the way to the car stuff. So that's how big just the toy aisle is. <laughs> like, I mean, just can't even, blew her mind. Can't even imagine, you know, anything. Yeah, that's not a possibility. There's not that many toys in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to her reactions to things like that. And uh, I love your story. It's so true. Um, so awesome to hear that story. So thanks for sharing with us. Amen. Well, Brother Price, it's been such a blessing and a privilege to have you on. How can people stay up to date with your story? Um, you can uh, follow us on our personal website. It's uh, pricesinfrance.org, pricesinfrance.org. Or if you speak French, uh, you can go to our church website. It's ebbc.fr, ebbc.fr. And uh, uh, we post a uh, uh, video of all of our services at this point. There, we also have a podcast where you can subscribe to uh, the church podcast and listen to that. It's just the, the services uh, being uh, re, uh, uh, re-podcasted. Uh, and then um, you can follow us that way. And then there's all, always uh, my email that you can send me an email, uh, which I'm sure you'll probably put down in the description or something like that. So uh, you can follow us in those different ways. Awesome. We will have all that in the description below. Uh, and so thank you for letting us follow your story. And thank you again for taking the time twice to be on this podcast. Really grateful for it. We'll do it a third time anytime you want. Okay. Well, hopefully the third time it's for uh, other reasons and not because I accidentally deleted your, your yes, podcast. Right. Just a follow-up. A follow-up. <laughs> yes, sir. So, all right. Well, thanks so much for that. And uh, for those of you that have joined us today, this has been Josh Wegar with Brother David Price in Southern France, and you have been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast. Thanks for joining.